Welcome to The Gradebook, a Tampa Bay Times podcast on Florida education issues. I'm reporter Jeff Solacek, and today we will be focusing on two issues. One is on school choice and school start times with reporter Colleen Wright, who's been focusing on a real interesting story emanating out of Pinellas County Schools. Then we're going to have an interview with Pasco County Teachers Union President Don Peace, who's going to talk with us about their plans to commemorate the 50th anniversary of Florida's 1968 teacher walkout, the first known statewide teacher strike in the history of the country, as far as anybody can tell. It comes at a time when things are not exactly happy for a lot of teachers as they look at what's happening in the Florida legislature. So let's get this podcast started with Colleen Wright. Colleen, welcome back to the podcast. You've been gone for too long. How are you? I know. I'm good. I miss it. How are you doing, Jeff? Doing great. Trying to take a little breather from Tallahassee and all the craziness going on there in the legislature. And turning to you now, you have a really interesting thing going on in Pinellas County. They're talking about changing their high school start times by only about 20 minutes. And um, it's raised a whole bunch of, of really interesting debates, one of which is you going and talking to students. And I believe you found a very interesting one. Can you tell us a little bit about your find. Yes. So um, basically, just for some background, there is just kind of this contingent of parents in Pinellas County who really want to push back the high school start time from 7.05 to 8.30, because that's the recommendations of, well, a lot of people. (laughs) Um, You know, the American Academy of Pediatrics, uh, you know, uh, economists who say that that could actually save, um, you know, millions of dollars. Uh, and, but the 720, they're looking at a 720, 7.30am start time. That seems more of a compromise. And the reason why they're doing that is because they don't want to move, uh, elementary and middle school start time. So they're trying to move high school a little bit later without disrupting everything else. Can I give you uh, a well, little time out there, Colleen? Oh, sorry. You're, go ahead. Um, my time out is that I want to ask you, why is it that they would have to make major changes to all of their schools when we saw in Hillsborough County, they moved their high schools by a full hour and only minorly tinkered with middle and high school, uh, middle and elementary schools by just 10 or 15 minutes? That's a great question. Um, and that has been, come up time and time again um, uh, in, in the school district and uh, with discussions with the school board. So Hillsborough, as we know, is way larger and way more spread out. But Pinellas is actually the most dense county in the entire state. Um, it, there's traffic concerns and also, you know, we do have a little bit of a school bus shortage. Um, and, uh, also we have a very robust choice program. We've got tons. Pinellas County is known, uh, you know, really nationally. It's been nationally recognized for a robust choice program and the district does what it can, uh, to provide, uh, uh, arterial, arterial routes to get kids from one end of the county to another to get to that magnet program. And it kind of also ties into this debate over school choice and how Pinellas is making that happen. Now, Hillsborough uses hubs sometimes to get kids to those choice programs. It's not really almost from door to door uh, like Pinellas does it. And Pinellas really doesn't want to make those cuts, you know, to busing for its choice program uh, students. 
Well, let's talk about that then, because you found a really interesting student, and I, I have to confess I don't know his name, but you tell us about him and his very long day, please. Yes, yes. So when I was talking about this con uh, contingent of parents trying to push back, one of the parents requested uh, all the earliest stop time, uh, bus pickup times in Pinellas County. And one time, the earliest one was 4.42 in the morning. And uh, of course, you know, for privacy laws, they couldn't tell me who the kid was. But I went out there at 4.30 in the morning and found the student. His name is Kashif Haynes. He's 14 years old. And he is a freshman in the Veterinary Sciences Academy at Tarpon Springs High. But Kashif lives in Childs Park in South St. Petersburg. If you were to drive a car directly from his home to Tarpon Springs High, it's 31 miles one way. Um, but his family, you know, his mom works really hard. She's a full-time student. She uh, is a single mom of seven kids, and she works full-time. And uh, she could not drive him the 31 miles, you know, and that's just one way. So we're talking a, you know, a two-way ride, a round trip ride every day. And so he, you know, Kashif takes the school bus and he has to get picked up at, you know, 4.42. It's actually a little bit later now, closer to 5 a.m. because so many kids have dropped off off that route. Um, but that's how he gets this magnet program and, you know, to be there by 7.05 in the morning. So it was an 18-hour assignment for me, but I followed him from the minute he woke up around 4.10 in the morning to when he went to bed, which is around 10.45 on a, on a Thursday. And, you know, we rode the two-hour bus ride with him. He slept a little bit, you know, on the way up. And we went through seven classes, uh, including his uh, veterinary magnet class, where we saw him, you know, learn how to restrain animals. And uh, the whole bus ride back. And then even after that, he went to tutoring. And then he went, uh, he plays football. He plays football for a small, like, neighborhood club travel team. And then he came home and just hung out with his family until he went to bed. So, you know, he told me that he's missed five, five days because he missed the bus first semester. Second semester, he hasn't missed one yet. And his teachers all tell me that they would have never have noticed a difference. He's never used it as an excuse. He never sleeps in class or is very tired. He just is a really average kid and a good kid, too. Um, a, B student, maybe the occasional C here and there, but uh, he's actually doing really, really well and has adjusted. And so, you know, the story kind of goes from early start times to really school choice. And if the, you know, the district were, in theory, to push back to 830, routes like Kashif's would be cut and he couldn't go to his magnet program. So... Wait, wait. So they're saying Sorry. they're saying that the route would not just be moved later; it would be eliminated. Why is that? Well, there would be no way to get to Tarpon Springs on a bus um, by eight thirty because the traffic would just be way too insane. I mean, it you would you would probably it wouldn't solve anything. They they couldn't do it. It's too long of a route, um, and it would just be impossible. Now, twenty minutes, they're not going to cut his route. And he says that, you know, that would be really helpful. That 20 minutes, you know, he'll take the 20 minutes more in the morning. But, you know, his mom, who wakes up, you know, sometimes, if it's not his mom, it's his sister, and they drive to the bus uh, stop, they drive him to the bus stop, she says, you know, that's not going to do anything, just keep it where it is, Not, don't even move it. So, um, you know, another thing that the district's considering is, you know, Tarpon Springs has the only vet magnet program in the whole district. They could make a reciprocal program uh, when they open Pinellas Tech High next year. So that would be in Seminole. That would be significantly closer. Um, but who knows? Kashif might stay at Tarpon Springs all four years. He's also thinking of transferring to St. Petersburg Collegiate because that way he could play football for his own school, which is Gibbs High. 
And uh, now, he'll be uh, a lot St. Closer. Petersburg Collegiate is a charter school, yes? Yes, it is a charter school, and um, uh, it's not very traditional. You can start uh, sophomore year, and some start junior year, and you graduate with your associate's degree already in hand. And um, the reason why Kashif wants to go to um, this vet magnet at Tarpon Springs is because he aspires to be a veterinarian. And actually, he wants to go to the University of Florida and be a gator and maybe go to vet school there someday. So it kind of all comes together, and even though it's quite a sacrifice to wake up at 410, you know, especially as a as a young teenager, uh, when your body clock is not really used to that, um, he says it's worth it, and and he keeps doing it, and just never complains, and and just does what he needs to do. Now, your story on this is going to run in print this weekend, and also online. Um, I'm sure there's a lot more that he has said and that you have seen. Is there one big takeaway that you want to share about the, his story and? And I mean, even is it just that he's just a super tired but dedicated kid? What is what? What do you want people to take away from what you're reading? Yeah, I think I think people really need to just yeah. I, I want them to really get to know Kashif. But the thing that really struck me is how understated he was. He didn't seem tired. He never complained. He just seemed like a normal kid who's at school. He came alive later in the day, you know, 9 a.m., 10 a.m. You know, he became just a little more social, a little more you know talkative with his friends, but. He, it just, he just does what he needs to do. He, 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 you know, he didn't complain. He's never late on his homework is what his teachers say. Um, he, it just doesn't bother him as much. And he's pretty okay with waking up this early. And I mean, it is a little daunting if he has to do this for the next, you know, the, the end of this year and then uh, next three years. But he just, he's just a very low key, dedicated kid. And it's really something. To see that, you know, this is, he makes a sacrifice to be able to maybe fulfill his dream of being a vet someday. So is his story then one that says school start times don't matter so much as student dedication? Or is he an anomaly? Um, well, you know, while I was at, you know, Turpin Springs High for that whole day, I talked to a lot of kids and a lot of um, teachers there too, just gauging, you know, their opinion. And honestly, it was a whole mixed bag. Some some kids were like, yeah, we'll take the 20 minutes. Some kids thought 8.30 was way too late because they don't want... Um, that would mean, of course, that they would get out later as it is now. Uh, high school kids get out at 1.35 and so they have the rest of the day to play sports or work at Publix or, you know, whatever. Do, you know, take care of younger siblings. Um, the story kind of just... It, I think it just gives just a little bit more nuance. Um, and I think it paints how difficult it is and just all the pieces that are at play and just how really difficult it would, it would be to get Pinellas to eight 30. Um, it sounds very idyllic, but practically it, I think people don't realize that it, it would change a lot. It would shut out, um, uh, a lot of students just like Kashif that, you know, this is what they want to do. So I, I just kind of set out to just paint a more complicated picture and how it's just, it's just not as easy as moving it to 830. Um, and just even what 20 minutes more, what, what that could do. I just wonder though, if his dedication is something that people might use to say, see, we really don't need to look at these other issues, the science that you mentioned and, uh, and the economics that you mentioned or if they're going to say, well, you know, even he's talking about wanting to go to a school closer to home. He's he's working hard, but as, isn't able to do after school activities because there is no bus that takes him home after football practice from Tarpon Springs. So he can't play there, even though he might want to. 
it just seems that there's a lot of, of nuance, like you said, but that people could use him as a poster child either way. Well, yeah, and, and that's the thing, too, is that, you know, his mom, I mean, Kashif lives in the middle of Child's Park. Uh, you know, he went to Azalea Middle School, which is a struggling school, and his mom also, you know, she was a Gibbs High grad, and uh, I mentioned before that she's a mother of seven kids. Kashif is the sixth of seven, and his older five siblings all went to Gibbs. And his mom was, you know, she says, I'm going to break this generational curse. She did not want him also uh, hanging out. Uh, you know, with, with some of these kids that are getting into stealing cars and breaking into homes and things like that. And she, you know, Tarpon offered more than just a magnet program. It offered, you know, in her mind, a, a way out and a way for him to stay out of trouble and be on track for his dreams or just to be a veterinarian. And so that's what I'm saying. Like, I think this is more less a story about school start times and more about school choice and the, the dedication of a family and what they need to do to make it happen. So I almost think that that's the bigger story here is, is what he's willing to do, but they do thank the, the district for even providing them with a route, you know, to, to get up there. Cause you know, and the mom even says, you know, they didn't have to do that, but they do offer it anyway. So it's, that, that's why I say, I think that there's just more at play and gives more of a, I think it's more of a story about opportunity and the sacrifices it takes to, to make your dreams come true. Well, we know school choice is huge. They're talking about it all the time whether it's in Tallahassee, which I don't want to talk about right now. <laughs> There's so much of that. But in the school districts, in every school district right now is going through some form of school choice application process and people are choosing where they want to attend next year. Um, what is going to happen in Pinellas County with this 20-minute bus ride change, this 20-minute start time change? Do they have it for sure happening or is it still just a discussion point? Yeah, so it is still just a discussion point. It's a pretty heated one because now even candidates for school board are getting involved and signing petitions and things like that. Um, it's going to go, I believe, up for another discussion at a school board workshop in March. And then I believe it'll go before an official vote on April 10th. So there's plenty of time to, you know, hear all the sides and, and read Kashif's story and consider that and um, just talk a little bit more. And so, you know, they said also, again, uh, Pinellas starts high school at 7.05. They're looking at the window between 7.20 and 7.30 at the latest. So it's a 25-minute shift at, at, you know, at the latest. Um, and if anything, it might affect elementary and middle school maybe by five minutes. But their day really, I mean, their those schedules won't be touched at all. But, um, you know, we will see April 10th how the, how the board decides to vote. Well, very good. Colleen, you'll have to let us know what happens with this and also with Kashif and We'll be looking forward to hearing your next report. Now we're going to turn our attention to Don Peace, the United School Employees of Pasco president, who's going to talk with us a little bit about his union's plans for the 50th anniversary of the 1968 Florida teachers' strike. I'm here with you, Don Peace, the head of the United School Employees of Pasco, and right now is a really interesting time for you because 50 years ago you were living through an issue that you see sort of happening now, 50 years later. I would like you to sort of talk to our listeners about what you saw happening with your dad as a teacher and how you see it reflected today. Well, thank you, Jeff. I, I did uh, experience this in 1968 because my father, uh, Richard Peace, was a teacher in Pinellas County. He was a math teacher, and we went through the uh, walkout of 1968, uh, 50 years ago uh, today. And um, 
you know, it, it really hit home because we we had conversations about, you know, what would happen with his job, with our with our family, with our home, uh, with our future, if uh, certain actions were, were taken by teachers. Um, but because of the working conditions, the low pay, the uh, student unrest, um, teachers, not just in Pinellas County, but all across the state decided that they needed to take a stand. And on February 19th, they turned in their resignations. And on February 20th, Tuesday, they walked out of schools. And my dad was a part of that. Um, it's kind of interesting that here we are now some 50 years later, and we've pretty much come full cycle because we're right back to many of those same situations. Class sizes are too big. Students are unruly. Wages are low. Florida happens to be number 46 out of 50 states. Our teachers are paid $10,000 less than the average uh, salary. Working conditions are poor and, and the, the number of demands, the, the time demands placed on teachers is unreasonable. So we feel that this is a, 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 a time for us to speak out, to say that it's time that education be put back in a priority. Uh, it used to be a profession. We are no longer being treated as professionals. We are being downtrodden, and uh, we're taking a stand on that. So you have now the legislature, you're looking at them, and you're, and you're not walking out, though. I mean, you say that the situation is very similar, but you're not taking the stand of walking out on classrooms, are you? No. Uh, Florida is a right-to-work state. We do not have the right to strike. Uh, however, we are taking a stand in a different way. Um, we are uh, speaking out uh, individually, collectively. Um, we feel that uh, we, uh, my director, Jim Ciadella, and, and myself just went to Tallahassee last week to weigh in with legislators on House Bill 7055. We have uh, several concerns with 7055 because... Uh, much like 7069 last year, this has now become a train bill with several bills and 50-some statutes addressed in the bill. Uh, one of them being HB1, the bully bill, um, where we do nothing to address bullying in schools, but we provide uh, money or scholarships to the victims to put them in charter schools. Um, I think clearly the uh, biggest bully in Tallahassee has to be the Speaker. Um, speaker Corcoran has said that um, now with 7055, um, he is willing to tie the FEFP, which is the education funding, to an all-up or all-down vote on the bill. And if the bill gets voted down, um, there would be zero dollars funded for public education. This seems to be constitutionally um, not allowed because the Constitution guarantees the citizens a free public education. And while the, uh, the education may be free to those students, it certainly comes at much cost to the citizens. So now you are here in Speaker Corcoran's district and you're planning to take 
A different kind of action than a strike, though. On Monday, that to commemorate the actual strike from 50 years ago, can you just talk a little bit about what you're going to be doing and why? Certainly. On Monday, February 19th, we kick off a program called 50 for 50. This is our way of um, getting our organization and others involved in um, action to uh, circumvent this, this bill, should it should it go through because you know as a part of this bill um, there is a section that is union decertification and uh, basically what it says is if a union does not represent 50% or more of the potential members that they would be decertified. We are trying to get ahead of that by increasing our membership to over 50%. We are slightly under that right now. We are also using this to commemorate the 50-year anniversary of the uh, walkout in 1968. And also, we are tying this to the 50-year anniversary of the Martin Luther King murder. Um, if you remember, Martin Luther King was appearing at a sanitation worker's strike to speak to them. Uh, so we're tying this all together, and we are going to come together uh, with a uh, rally for public education uh, we are doing this at the shops at Sun Lake Center in Lutz, Florida, Monday from 4 to 6. We are inviting teachers and uh, members, education members from Pinellas County, from Hillsborough County, and from Hernando County to join us to speak out, to educate the public as much as we can. We are going to invite the press. Uh, there will be some speeches, by hopefully by the other presidents, to uh, speak out on many of these issues in 7055, but mostly to um, prioritize public education and the fact that uh, we we need to be uh, prioritized in, in funding and in uh, respect. Uh, we represent 2.8 million students in the state, and uh, we feel that uh, charter schools are getting way more than their share of the funding and way more than their share of the recognition. So we're, we're trying to write those things. I don't want to make this sound too much like an ad for the union here, but I know that back 50 years ago, the union got a lot of concessions and, and wound up getting things like collective bargaining in place. They did get raises at the time and uh, planning periods and things like that, that I'm wondering if you think that by what you're doing now, you're going to wind up even close to similar results, or if you feel like it's going to be a longer-term thing, maybe having to educate people in a different way and push for different results with different people in Tallahassee. Well, certainly education has become a political uh, agenda in Tallahassee. It's probably the number one uh, talked-about thing, probably the most bills that come out of Tallahassee deal with education. Uh, we feel that um, as educators, we need to educate our, our parents and our communities to uh, the outcomes of what could happen um, if education funding is withheld. Um, that certainly would affect students. Um, if, if schools were not able to open because there was no funding for uh, putting on the lights and putting out the programs and stuff, uh, that certainly would impact students and parents. If programs are cut, or um, amenities taken away from schools due to uh, little or no funding. This certainly is going to impact everyone. We need to educate 
all of the Florida citizens on what what the possible outcomes could be. Well, I appreciate you talking with me, and we'll be out there on Monday to see how it looks. Thanks so much for your time. Thank you. Looking forward to seeing you. That's the end of our podcast. If you'd like to participate in these conversations, visit our Facebook page, Tampa Bay Times Gradebook. For the latest in Florida education news, you can always visit our blog, tampabay.com slash blogs slash gradebook. And please give us an iTunes rating so other people can find us. Every positive review you give us makes it a little easier to find this podcast. I'm reporter Jeff Solacek. Thanks again for listening. 